Hi, everyone. This is Catching Up with the Nerds with your hosts, Tom and JC. This is a podcast about two dads that are catching up on all the nerdy stuff we missed, sharing how we pass on our nerdy passions to our kids, and deep diving into nerd pop culture to make it more accessible for you. Welcome, everyone. How's it going, Tom? Hello. Hello. How are you? Hiya. Hiya. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're back for one more. Awesome. (laughs) Last one of the year, people. Last one of the year. Or is it? Hmm. Oh my God, we'll never know. There might be a plot twist. So I'm Tom, uh, as you may have heard before. I am the talking French guy of the podcast. Um, (laughs) I'm married to um, a lovely Spanish woman named Liz, who is hopefully listening to this one because it's going to be a good episode. Um, I've got two kids. One of them is 11 year old and she is a girl because I just said she. So her name's Emily. And she's got a brother who is almost four years old uh, named Louis. And uh, what do I like, JC? Well, I like video games. I'm glad you asked. I like uh, movies, superhero movies, TV series that are cool, like now The Mandalorians, but we get into that very shortly. Um, anything that is nerdy, gadgety, and uh, takes you back to the 80s, 90s, and your, your childhood memories, I like. What about you, sir? Who are you? Hey, first- First of all, before I say who I am, I say, that's your best intro so far, buddy. Thank you. Like, we, we should record that. I don't know. Because I'm drinking it. vodka, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> never too early, never too early. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I am your other host, Juan Carlos Garay. Everybody calls me JC. I'm originally from Honduras, but lived in the UK for 10 years. Uh, that's where I met Tom. And we actually met while getting prepared for like birthing classes. Not that we were doing any of the birthing, no. uh, but uh, we kept in touch since. And yes, I also have an 11 year old uh, son. Uh, his name is Aiden. And I got a little five year old daughter whose name is Arabella. And I'm married to an amazing woman called Fiorella. And um, I am into all things graphic novels. I love my good nerdy kind of genre series. Uh, love a good nerdy movie. And I will occasionally dabble in nerdy video games. So that's us, people. Okay. So let's kick off this episode. This is our end of the year episode. It's the best of 2020. It's the stuff that we found most nerdy in this uh, very unfortunately forgettable, mm. well, or uh, unforgettable year, uh, depending how you're looking at it, um, which was a year that didn't have a lot, actually. So it's it's been an interesting pulling together list uh, because a lot of stuff that was meant to come out this year just didn't come out. That was a lot of like the big nerdy genre stuff. And uh, we're, but we still managed to pull together a list for, for you guys so that you guys can get into some of the nerdy stuff that we enjoyed this year. Yeah, so 2020 is the year we'll never forget, but we also never want to remember, I think. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I'm thinking about when I think 2020 these days. Um, so yeah, as JC mentioned, we've managed to pull a list together of stuff we loved. Um, I think mine is orientated towards video games and TV series more than movies. I think movies was a, was a strange one, wasn't it? There was not many released uh, and when they got released, it went straight onto you know your, your, your usual platforms like Netflix or Amazon Prime. So they, you didn't have the feel of a full-blown theatrical release, um, which is weird though, because now when I was going through my list, I was like, oh, what movie did I enjoy? And then there's, there's not a whole lot of them that, that um, A, came out this year and B, that were out of this world, you know? Um, yeah. like for, exa- for example, I, I was really looking forward to, I know it's not really nerdy, well, it, 
kind of you can argue it, it, it could be a, a nerdy film but you know james bond was supposed to come out this year and that's usually yeah. a massive one for me because um, i love james bond and everything that's related to his world so the fact that it didn't come out this year that's kind of a big blow well to my job anyway because that's you know as i'm working for sony and it's a sony film um financially was a big loss for us but in terms of just enjoying the character and enjoying the storyline that was uh something we didn't get to enjoy so that would have been on my list i think uh, the last the last james bond the latest james bond but hey um i, I agree dude like that was the one that was going to be co-written by phoebe waller bridge mm-hmm. and it, it was meant to be like woke bond woke. sort of thing <laughs> and uh and i was just looking forward to what they were going to do with the character um yeah. because I, I heard that like the one of the the bond like the Bond ladies or the Bond women was going to step up and actually be like a proper character, not just like, oh, somebody yeah. that's there for the ride. And I was really looking forward to that. So yeah, I know it's a bummer that the, the Bond movie didn't come out. So did, did, or is Sony going to do like what Warner Media did, where it's like just drop everything onto streaming, you think? No, I think they're pretty much, they're very committed in, in um, getting everything back to the way it was, as in getting back to, um, getting stuff released in theater so they're not i don't think i i know for a fact that a couple of months ago it was it, there wasn't a any talk of releasing anything online you know direct release to consumers i think it was everything had to go back to normal and we get people into back into um, the movie theaters i don't think they want to release a big if you know a film that is as big financially and and in terms of what it represents um you know, you wouldn't drop James Bond right in there on Netflix because they would just look weird. It would be just strange. It would be a strange thing to do. Um, you want you want the premiere. You want everything. You want you want the whole thing that goes around in the red carpet and and the and the fans and and the you know the newspapers being there. It's it's it's, a, it's something that's very um, unique in the world of cinema. Still, that you know, the James Bond is still a very much a a classic. <laughs> So you don't it's, want to, you don't want to do something that is not classic. You want to you want to have your classic release film. Yeah, release. it's it's an event for sure. So so that that helps to kind of like paint the picture of our list because it was such a like a weak year for movies. Yeah. Uh, even I believe it, even the Oscars got pushed out uh, yeah. because they they want to give more time for more movies to come out. Uh, so so I found my list to be very series heavy. Uh, because I thought there was some fantastic series that came out this yes. year, that, which I enjoyed way more than the movies, if I'm honest. But we'll, we'll try to sneak in a movie or two in there. Same here, same here. So um, tell you what, now you've done the, the little nice, well, nice little intro. Shall we go and start with your... So they're not in any order, right? We've got a top five, but it's not a top five as in number one is the best. It's a right. top five. It's a list of recommend, five recommendations, put it this way, uh, of things we've really loved slash enjoyed. And I think everyone else should, well, if not watched any of the things we're going to mention, you should uh, go and check them out. So I think we'll start with you, right? What's your number one pick? And we'll have a top five plus at the end, we'll do kind of a quick round of uh, honorable mentions. Uh, But uh, yeah, so I want to start my first one with the, the Umbrella Academy. Okay. Uh, gotta be honest, I absolutely love that series. It's the series that I think of as it's the series that should not work in mm. any level. When you describe it to people, it just flat out sounds dumb. Uh, but it is so good. It, it during the, the early days of the pandemic, that was like my go-to feel-good show. It because it is the best way I can describe it is it's the X-Men meets the Royal Tenenbaums. 
All right, that, cool. That's the yep. best way I can describe that series because it's basically this dysfunctional family that got thrown together and they're having all these quarrels and issues with each other and they're all broken in all these different ways. Like one guy has like these like really bad daddy issues. Um, one dude is like a raving alcoholic and is like kind of like has like mental depression and stuff. Another dude is just like obsessed with like somehow living up to like his father's like uh, image of him and stuff like that. Like all of these things that like come together, but they all have superpowers as well. But they're not like crazy superpowers, like I'm immortal or something like that. It, it's like the superpowers are like, are like B level superpowers, except for like one maybe. They're kind of like, all right. So one dude's like fairly strong, but not like Hulk strong. Right. Like one dude can like talk to ghosts, but it's <laughs> yeah. not really all that useful at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. One dude is like kind of like uh, a, a Batman sort of take. He's like the kind of the, 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 the mass vigilante sort of thing. And he's like really good with knives and stuff. So so they all have these like superpowers that that are just kind of like, OK. But what's cool is just the dynamic of of their relationships. That, that's what makes it like an absolutely fascinating watch. Um, because the, the plot itself, you could totally, I can see videos being made of this, of like plot holes in it, like crazy, um, for sure. But the, 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 the series is good enough to draw you in based on the characters. So without, without any spoilers, is, is it the classic, um, superheroes TV series or movies that there's a a big bad guy and they've got to go and kill it or is it just more about the the dynamic between them and um uh, yeah very good point it the, the actually the premise is less big big bad guy and it has a lot to do with like time travel um that's really what makes it like super super nerdy actually um but it's about stopping the apocalypse so they know the apocalypse okay. is coming <laughs> yeah uh, but they don't know what form it takes and when you look at them you're like there's no way these people can stop the apocalypse Uh, but then it goes into all these crazy worlds because the, the world building of it is just super nice because it's like you get to feel for like the house that they live in and that's kind of like like the the, the mansion in, in X-Men, right? It's like that that sort of feel like yeah. that's where they train. They were all trained to be like these amazing like superheroes when they were young. Uh, but at the same time, like they never actually made it that big. They all wound up just going on and like one guy's like a bartender now and stuff like that. Um, and they have to come back because the father, and this is not a big spoiler, it happens very early. Uh, the father passes away. So they have to come back for his funeral. And that's where kind of the story kicks off because one of them had been missing for years. And it turns out it's one of them that could time travel. Um, and then he goes off into the future and gets stuck in the future. Um, and while being stuck in the future, he's actually stuck in the post-apocalypse future. So he's by himself. So he ends up like, like, like he ends up having like a full-on relationship, like talking to a mannequin for like years because he has no one to talk to. So he slowly like starts losing his mind a little bit. But then one day he makes it back, only that he's back to his young self, even though he's like 60 years old in his body, he's back to like 15-year-old him. And then the others are all grown up and they're like in their 30s. So it's like this weird clash of like, he's still young, they're still older, but he's like a trained agent now for this right. other other company that's doing stuff in time travel. So anyways, that all that gets really messy really quickly. But the cool part is that at least two to three times a season, they have a full-on dance sequence. 
And it's one of my favorite things in that show. It's literally what I like. I'll go back and just rewatch the dance sequence. Um, and I think it's like the second or third episode of them walking into the, their, their old rooms where they used to, where they grew up. And then they all play the same song at the same time. Dude, that sequence is masterful, dude. It is so nice. Uh, yeah. and it's fun because of that. It, it, it just flat out makes, makes my, my nerdy heart feel happy. Good. Okay, I'll, I'll probably end up watching it because it was—it's been on my watch list for a while. That's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. It, okay. Yes. It, it's not like it's going to get dark sort of series. It, this is very much lighthearted. It makes you feel good. It's funny. It's even okay. super dumb in some moments, but it, it it always draws you in. And what I will say, look out for this. You know how like for when you when an episode drops, there's always like the initial t- the initial sequence. And then they give you like the title and then you actually start the actual episode. Yeah. Those little like initial sequences in Umbrella Academy, I think are some of the best ones done on TV right now. They, oh, they're cool. so good. Each one of those initial sequences. They're actually, sometimes they're better than the full on episode. Uh, so it's just <laughs> for watching those, it is worth it. <laughs> they should just do Instagram posts with those and that's it. Honestly, that's they're, they're very good. Uh, so yeah, so that's Umbrella Academy. That's, that's uh, my first one, not my top one, but my first one. Over to you, sir. Right, so I think I was I was going to talk about something else first, but because you talk about Umbrella Academy and this is about superheroes, I'm going to straight jump straight into the boys. Um, <laughs> so I know you've enjoyed that, and um, it's it's really the I think it was a surprise hit for me this year. Um, so for those who don't know, the boys is well, it's on Amazon Prime. It's um, Produced by, I believe, actually, it's, it's, I think it's a Sony production in, in, in partnership with Amazon. I think, I believe it oh, is. Oh, really? I have oh, to cool. think about it. Yeah, I have to, I have to look into it. But I believe it was mentioned at work at some point. Um, so <laughs> the voice is really interesting because it's it's um, what would happen if superheroes would be working for a big corporation. Um, and they what that entails is that they have to do the bidding of that big corporation, but also they have to look into how their social media is running, how they're being perceived and how they um how they look like to the rest of the world so i think it's, it's really an emphasis in season one isn't it where yeah. they have to be really careful about how they look like you know if if yeah. one action they're taking impacts their their followers or the way they, they're perceived by their followers then that's a bad thing um ultimately for the big corporation but specifically specifically for um the superhero <laughs> that is involved um so i think there's only two seasons, I believe. Um, right now, it's uh, it got really dark. I think. Well, it's it's dark throughout. It's not for kids at all. There's a lot of swearing. There's a lot of uh, body parts flying yeah. around, and there's a lot like the first oh, scene yeah. is is yes. it sets you up like you, you get the tone right away in the first scene. Yes. Um, so obviously, if you've got kids under eighteen, that's a big no no for them. <laughs> Please do not watch. Um, I'm trying to remember because there's so much going on in the, in that series that it's very hard to uh, sum up, <laughs> do a summary of what it is all about. Um, but basically, the one of the main character, I think it's 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 this fight between the the evil superhero, which who is supposed to be this the most likable, almost super Superman like uh, character. What's yes. his face again? Um, what's his name again? Oh, I forgot his name. Uh, um, damn it! What did I forget his name? Why am I blanking? He's uh, the Homelander. <laughs> Homelander, yeah, exactly. Even his Homelander. name is, is yes. Okay. So Homelander is um, literally being well, not literally. He's being chased down by 
um, another man who is in there, whose names we forgot again. <laughs> Sorry, Tom from the future. <laughs> I'm going to pause oh, yeah. it right there. <laughs> <laughs> whose name is I it? I had their names. Wait, I should have who are you talking about? Okay. The, um, the guy who's chasing um, Homelander, or well, the guy who's trying to bring him down. Oh, Butcher. Butcher, that's it. The fake English guy. Oh yeah, Carl Urban. He does a bit of a of a shit accent. That's the only downside of that show. Yeah, his accent's not great. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Let's start from there. Um, what was thing? Uh, I'll I'll start I'll start with the plot again, as in the. Oh, I'll start talking about Homelander. Anyway, three, two, one. So the the, the vague. I'm gonna go vague again. The vague story storyline. The big plot of it is um, Homelander who's working for this big corporation, Vot. Uh, who is uh, we'll get to find out in the end I'm not going to spoil it for anyone but it's not a nice corporation to say the least and um, so Homelander's chase or he's being tracked by this guy called Butcher or Butcher or whatever you want to call him um, <laughs> who's um, looking for revenge um, as you will find out during the season his wife was yep. killed or was she uh, by Homelander um, so he's looking to extract revenge on the Homelander and all, all of the superheroes that are related to um, Vought Enterprise, and that's where you take it from. I think that's that's pretty much it. I'm not. I don't want to spoil it because there's a lot of things that happen, and if if I talk too much, people will be like, mm, "You guys spoiled it." Um, but it's really good. It's got a lot of the C words throughout. <laughs> it's got a lot again, yes. a lot of body parts, a lot of blood. Um, and Big disclaimer: Not for young kids. Probably not for old young teens kids at, at best. all. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the one thing I really liked is I, I read an interview where the I think the creator, another creator of the show, but somebody involved, somebody quite high up, um, mentioned that Homelander is a mix between Superman and Donald Trump, um, and it's got characteristics like um, <laughs> men, the mental ability of Donald Trump, or the the, the charisma and the the personality of Donald Trump. Um, um, associated with Superman's powers. So if you don't want to watch Donald Trump flying around and shooting lasers out of his eyes, then don't watch The Boys. But if you do, you think you might be into it, then yeah, this show is totally for you, man. And one thing that I will... So, so absolutely, I think that is spot on, dude. Like, it, there's a, a lot of the themes that come up actually in season two speak directly to that about how to rally yes. a small base of people to be like fanatics that can help you get into like real power like there's it really touches on that almost like specifically yeah um and that's i love the themes of the show because you get like the like there's definitely a comment on the me too movement within corporations mm -hmm. for sure there's one that i particularly loved was like the the whole conversation around the lgbtq community yeah um where where one of the characters comes out as being openly gay and at first to your point because it's all about appearances they won't let her come out but then once that they realize that they have to do it then it's like, how can we promote the fact that you're yeah. openly gay to the whole world? And it's just like, it's, it's the stuff that corporations do all the time. It's, uh, it's, go, it's spinning, it's spinning. It goes from, oh no, this is going to be a bad thing. And then suddenly it comes out and they go, actually, how do we spin this to uh, our own advantage? How do we make this look good? How do we sell? Yeah. You know, how do we, how do we promote this? It's, there's a lot, there's a lot of things. There's a lot about racism also. There's, um, but yeah. I think season, season one is more about setting up the characters and getting Correct. them to establish themselves and, yeah. and getting who's to, to know who is who. 
season two is i think is more direct um commentary on society for the last Correct. for the past 20 you know the, the year of 2020 you know like like you say lgbt um blm uh the trump the, what trumpism this law yep. like all of this is directly in your face it's not it's not hidden or it's not subtle commentaries it's like literally like look this is where we are right now yep. um which makes it so the, the spin of superheroes being basically well not for all of them but most of them are being evil or selfish or looking after their own interests um coupled with a setting that is based in very much in reality now the world as it is right now in 2020 makes this really <laughs> a can't miss show to watch right yeah I, I would actually say like if you're the type of person that actually isn't into like the marvel or a dc world or you're just kind of fed up with that world this is like the perfect antidote because it's not superheroes oh, yeah. Yeah. in the context that you think of them uh it very much grounds it and shows you how like if we did live in a world of superheroes how how corrupt that would be and how that would be taken advantage of um, the last thing I'll say about this is actually I read the graphic novel for this mm. and, and you know how you should have people like, well, the graphic novel is way better. This show is way better than the graphic novel, I will say. As, yeah. as unpopular as that might be, the graphic novel goes on forever and ever. Like the really good stuff you get at the end of season one is like four volumes later in the graphic novel. They spend okay. a lot of time like, like battling like low level like superheroes that leads to nothing really at the end of the day so for once i'm like i actually am enjoying the show more than the graphic novel because it takes the same themes but organizes them in a but much smarter way so yeah okay. the, the show's That's... like it's 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 easily my top three so it's good to awesome point out dude. all right so that was the yeah. boys um catch it now and forever on amazon prime if you've got it yeah Alrighty, so onto my next one. Uh, we're gonna change change it a little bit, and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna jump into uh, graphic novels. Uh, so uh, I read a ton of graphic novels this year, but unfortunately, not a lot that came out in 2020. I'm not a keep up with the latest comics sort of guy. I tend to go back and just read old trade backs of novels that have come come out like years ago. Um, uh, but this is one of my first ones. So it actually came up because when the pandemic started, our local comic book shop was really struggling. So I just went and bought like a big gift card from them to say like, look, we want to help you guys out. Uh, and then afterwards I like took the kids to like go pick out some, some books and stuff. And I was like, well, I'll pick out something for myself. I'm like, I wonder why I haven't read. So I read, I picked up, uh, the immortal Hulk and uh, Mr. Miracle. Uh, okay. Of the two, uh, uh, Immortal Hulk definitely has been like the one that's, that's, that's caught me. Uh, it's an ongoing series. It's still be being written. And um, just to kind of set context, I had, as much as I like graphic novels, I don't think I'd read more than maybe one, one story arc from Marvel. Like I've always been okay. like a non-Marvel guy. I read all the other stuff, like, like The Boys, for example, like Garth Ennis kind of put that out and like Preacher and Sandman and all those mm -hmm. stuff is what I love to read. Um, so this was definitely a departure for me. I was like, all right, let's see what it's all about. And dude, it is so cool. So basically this takes place in the Marvel universe. So all the Marvel superheroes are there, but it's in a universe where it's not the main story that's happening. It's like a side story. Um, and in this universe, uh, the Hulk is immortal, right? And we kind of always thought that, but you thought, all right, if you can kill Bruce Banner, you can kill the, the Hulk. Yeah. 
But in this world, even when you kill Bruce Banner, as soon as he's dying, the Hulk kicks in and brings him back to life every time. So you, you, you can't actually kill him. So the interesting thing is like, I'm assuming the writers took that as a premise and went, if you can't kill the Hulk, what does the Hulk stand for? So the Hulk gets elevated to almost like godlike level where he is really like trying to figure out the future of humanity. And he's kind of pulling a little bit of a Thanos where, where he starts to realize we're running this world into the ground. Like we're destroying this planet. We're destroying humanity as it exists because of all things we're doing. We need some sort of reset. And, um, and, and, and without spoiling too much of the sort of stuff that's happened, like there's like a point in the, in the, in the, in the graphic novel where it flashes to like the future, like 5,000 years in the future and the Hulk's still there. And, and humanity has, has like, dra- yeah, humanity has like drastically changed. Um, and dude, it is just the implications of each volume are just so interesting. This was very plot driven rather than character driven, but it, it's been such a fun ride, dude, like super fun ride. And, and, it's, and it's the first truly like horror comic, comic that I've read from Marvel. I know there's others, but it, it really plays like a horror movie in, in its visuals. It's super well drawn for sure. I think I think the fact that he's, he's immortal is something that could have been um, um, could have been taken from. I mean, there, there was this this sentence in I can't remember which one it was. I think it's the Avengers Age of Ultron, I believe. Maybe Age of Ultron or this the first Avenger film where um, Banner says he's trying to kill himself. Yeah, and he tried, but then the Hulk would come out and stop the bullet, like literally would bite the bullet with his teeth. Um, yeah. So I think that might be, could be where they're taking the ideas from. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's been created before the movie came out, uh, or maybe that's something that's be- mentioned before in previous comics. I don't know. Yeah, no. So the idea, actually, fine enough. It's very close to what you said. Like that, I believe that idea in the movie age of ultra was inspired by something that happened in the main in the main storyline for marvel where yeah. um bruce banner makes a pact with hawkeye of all people uh to and he gives him a gamma radiated arrow that he's supposed to shoot at bruce banner and kill him with and oh. in the and in the in the main series he does yeah it actually happens of course like with everything marvel they find a way to bring him back they don't do it as deliver but in this book it's like as soon as he dies he's like not done dying and he's back into the hulk so here's like yeah. it's almost like he instantaneously regenerates whereas in the comics he just shows up later and there he goes like oh i guess you're not dead da 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 um, so yeah, it's, it's very much was built on that scene. And they actually talk about that scene in this comic and dude, it's super fun ride. Like there's a part where they try to like chop up the Hulk, like one scientist that wants to basically harness his abilities, like literally cuts them up into pieces and puts them nice. into, into, into a bunch of jars. <coughs> it's awesome. <laughs> as soon as there's somebody getting cut up, you love it. Let, let, yes. So it, it's uh, it, it, the, the visuals like, well, we'll it's stuff you want to just like relook at and relook at. And then uh, Bruce Banner also comes out as being like um, uh, uh, having like multiple personalities, uh, which also explains a lot of the stuff between him and the Hulk, because there's always been this dialogue between him and Hulk. But now there's like dialogue between multiple people inside of him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's like this power struggle. So it's, it's just super good. It's like psychological, like there's like 
like like sci-fi stuff there's horror stuff can't recommend it enough uh it's written by uh al ewing not to be uh, confused with uh, patrick ewing um oh. and uh he he's uh, right now one of the the most talented writers in marvel so definitely check out anything he's writing he's really good i think i feel like i should go with the video game because i think that one was was um yeah um, people were waiting on that one for a long time so what i'm talking about is the last of us part two Nice. which came out on PlayStation 4. Um, I think, I don't know if I should introduce The Last of Us Part 1, really. I mean, it's, it's I'll just do it briefly so it sets up Part 2. Um, so part, part 1 is about um, two characters, two main characters named Joel and Ellie. Um, so Joel's, it's a, let me say it, let me reframe that. It's after the end of the world, there's a zombie outbreak, you know, there's a virus yeah. and obviously they turn into zombies. And you know, the, the classic um yeah. zombie world um, regular sunday afternoon yeah regular sunday afternoon with zombies so um there's no virus the world is obviously turned turned to shite um think of it as the walking dead the same premises yep. as the walking dead right so you've got a bunch of survivors they've set themselves up in massive zones cities villages um, and they go out, I think, during the day. Same stuff. It's the same stuff. They, they, you know, they don't go out at night because it's too dangerous. The army is taking over, so they run the show. Um, so you are first in control of Joel. Um, Joel's gotta do some jobs for different rival gangs, and he's gotta go, you know, go to B to pick up that, come back to A, um, and then eventually gets uh, mixed up into. Um, a job for God, what they call again the uh, I forgot the names but one of the one of the main gang who's got a he's got to go and pick up a girl and the girl allegedly has in her blood the um, remedy for the virus she's she, she's got everything oh. in there that we need to make a, a vaccine so again very 2020 um, so she's got she's got the antidote in her blood um, so a bunch of stuff happened in the first one. People die, <laughs> which is fun. And um, um, part two, I think the end, of, the the end of part one, I think is is mostly the I can't I can't really. It's, it's such a long game. I can't really go into too much details. It'll take hours for me to sum it up. But they both are alive at the end of the first one. But their relationship is based a bit on the lie because um, of, of something that happens where Joel has to lie to save Ellie's life. Uh, but saving her life means that the vaccine doesn't get made. So the world carries on as it is still run, um, run by zombies and the army. Um, and he, at the end of part one, um, swears that she, the, 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 she's not actually the key to restoring life as it was before. That's where we ended on part one. Part two uh, picks up and you're now part of this massive town. Um, Joel is a lot older. Ellie is older. Um, Ellie, well, is sort of hinted in, in part one, but Ellie is now fully um, bisexual. Well, she's she's lesbian, but she, I think she, this, they hint at her being a bisexual, but I think she's yeah. now fully lesbian in that one. Um, yeah, I heard about that. And she's got a, a, a love story with another member of the village. And they go out for another job and then something happens, meaning that is now turning it from let's try to save the world with a vaccine to I want revenge. And it's now becoming a revenge story. Um, yeah. That game is long and that's why I can't, <laughs> I can't sum it all up. But it's, it's, it's revenge, it's love, it's um, 
it's, you go through a whole bunch of emotion. I think it's one of those rare games that if you're not mentally prepared for it, it'll be, it'll be a tough one to deal with. Um, so that, that one was, if, if, if people were waiting on that game for a long, long time. They, it wasn't confirmed for a bunch of years that it would be a follow-up story, I think because of the popularity of the game and, and uh, the love that people have for the characters, they had to come up with part two. I think it wasn't originally planned that way. And um, part two, I think for me personally, I loved the game. I thought it was a lot easier than part one in terms of of um, in terms of gameplay. I think it, it's more of a walking simulator at times, but yeah. Um, because the graphics are so nice and the, the vibe is so well done you know it's based in seattle so right up where you all right nice. where you live. um so the graphics and the, the cities and everything is recreated so well that you you don't mind if there's maybe less zombies and less action um that's all good but i think where, where really that game was was um, talked about a lot was be, because of the sexual um, orientations of its main characters where yeah. there were rumors at some point that um, the other character you would control is is a transsexual which wasn't true at all that's never mentioned in the game um, you know and then you went from well she's, she's not a transsexual she's a lesbian oh my god pitchforks um, turned out she isn't <laughs> she wasn't either she was just a um, girl that that was um, in the army and she was trained physically to be in the army so she's got muscles so it went from transsexual to homosexual to oh a big you know big girl with muscles and, and it went it, it went into every single directions you could think of just to take the, the game down um and so they, 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 we could do a, an episode on the last of us i think that they, they, they uh, there's a lot to talk about um and unpacked but that's not the point of what we do here um for this episode in particular, I think. What um, is the point of what we do here, Tom? No, there's no point. Just the money. We want the money. Um, oh, yeah. All those lovely cents rolling in from streams. <laughs> Look at points. it. Yep. A, there goes another penny. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, no, I mean, it's not the point of this episode. The, the point of this episode is to talk about what we what we enjoyed. And I think I really love this game. I, it, it, it took me a good 30 to 40 hours to finish, but it was all worth it. Every single hours of this game I've, I've played was just amazing. It takes you, and, and, you know, because obviously I'm based in the UK and the only time I went to the US um, was in Seattle. So for me, it was like, oh, cool. I know that place. I've been there. I've been on that big wheel. I've been there, you know, I've been to the football right. stadium. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> you know, it was quite sweet <laughs> to see. It's nice to see you run down and, and completely demolished. But um, yeah, so... If you have not played it, please pick it up. Make sure you play part one first, though. Otherwise, you will be dropped into a story where you don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is a PlayStation exclusive. Definitely mm-hmm. not for the younger crowd, is my guess. Or are we are we recommending for younger crowd? Unless you're comfortable with them uh, beheading zombies, then no. Okay. So uh, not, not recommended for violence, but definitely recommended for cultural relevance. Uh, yes. that this sounds like it is not Gamergate approved, which means that we're all about it then. <laughs> we love about it. <laughs> let, let, let's, let's put it this way. There was a lot of noise around it, a lot of um, BS around it that were for no reasons. That, the, yeah. Some of the th- stuff that came out, I was literally, if I could roll my eyes more than once, I would have, uh, my eyes would have kept, they could probably spe- be spinning now still, you yeah. know, because it would be, it'd be like, come on. 
that was unnecessary all the stuff that was the, all the commentaries around it uh, i don't feel like is and, and people were, were talking about the quality of the game mixing the quality of the game and the the bad mouthing of it you know yeah. thing of oh, if, if there's transsexual characters in there or, or you know that is it would be a bad game i mean there's a lot of comments there that that, that came out on social media that really made you wonder about the human race at times that was like literally times i was like I, I need to it's very toxic it's very very toxic well it reminds me of like when captain marvel came out right yes like people were actively trying to like get it voted down on, on rotten tomatoes which was disgusting dude it's like th- those things are just so ridiculous uh same, so yeah, same happened I, I, here. same yeah I'm, I'm glad that it's out and i'm, and I'm glad that like i from whatever because that well, I have never played it. It definitely got into my sphere of things that I've been like hearing yeah. about and everybody loves the game. And even like, they're going to develop it into a movie is my understanding. Um, so I hope so, man. Yeah. It's like, I hope it gets all, all the awards in the world, man, because it sounds like it's That's... an awesome game and it needs to, it needs to exist. The last thing I'll say on it is mm-hmm. as every single video game or TV series or, or movies that if you like it, it doesn't hurt anybody else then play it. If you don't like it, then just move on to the next thing. You don't need to spend hours on social media trying to take down people's enjoyment and, and trying to take it away from people that were looking for you know forward to it. There's no point in doing that. You're just wasting your time and everybody else's time. If you're not happy with something, maybe, yeah, you can feel free to comment once, but then don't spend the whole day. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, anyway, that was it. Last of Us Part 2, play it. You love it. PlayStation only. Awesome. All right, so for my next recommendation, I'm gonna dive back into kind of the series world, but in anime. So this is my first anime recommendation. Uh, it, it absolutely has to be My Hero Academia. Yes. Uh, so My Hero Academia did not come out in 2020, but the fourth season ended in 2020. So I can sneak it in on a technicality. <laughs> Um, so, uh, for anybody that's not versed with, uh, My Hero Academia, and, and, and that, that's probably most, a lot of people, um, My Hero Academia is a weekly, uh, Shonen Jump series that comes out in Japan, um, and it is basically the boys in anime, but with a positive message, <laughs> is the All best right. way I can put it. Uh, so, My Hero Academia is, it takes place in the world where 80% of people have superpowers, uh, within the show, they call them quirks. So everybody has a quirk. Uh, but superpowers can range from everything to like super strength to like creating a fire to having like a tail uh, to like having frog abilities to like being able to like create Legos to like shooting tape from your elbows. Like I can go on and on, dude. The, the, super, <laughs> the, the actual superpowers are bonkers. And that's like half of the reason to tune into the show. They are so inventive with all superpowers because the cast of characters is huge. So the the actual premise of the show is that because 80% of people have superpowers, Mm. then schools are based around superheroes. So you have to like try to get into the best superhero school. So it's kind of like Hogwarts sort of thing. Only there's like multiple, well, we know there are multiple other like uh, wizard schools in Harry Potter, right? So it's kind of the same premise. Uh, They're trying to get in there. There's like different classes. Each class within it has like different abilities and they like have different adventures. Um, And then they're, and then they train to then graduate and then join superhero. In this world, they call them superhero agencies. 
And instead of like the boys where there's like one mega corporation here, there's a bunch of different agencies that police each part of town. So each part of Tokyo. So one, one district will have like its own agency. It'll have like three heroes and they police that area. So when the kids graduate school, they're, they're like, it's kind of like the real world. Like they go and they interview, they go on internships with those agencies. And then eventually they become full-time heroes and they get contracts and stuff. Right. So it's like, it's the other end of the boys completely. Oh, now, is it, is, it, is, it, is it kid friendly? Kids friendly. It is sorry? extremely kid friendly. Oh. Um, there, as with all Japanese anime, I would always say like, uh, depending on your on your tolerance level for like some cursing, that's like at worst as it gets. And unfortunately, uh, there's still how can I put this? Uh, there's still some moderate amount of female object objectification. <laughs> would be the right word uh, because unfortunately anime still has a little bit of way to go with that but i will say this show is better than others uh at in, in that sense of like women aren't just like things to look at like they actually have an integral roles and parts within the show so so just cool and not all of them are like dressed in like like barely covered clothing and stuff like it's guts yeah yeah, there, there's a little bit of that, but not too much. But it never gets into like weird sexual world, like in terms of like, it, it never gets too odd or anything like that. It's more like there's a little bit of cursing, um, but just look it up on IMDb or on Common Sense Media and it shows you the kind of the cursing. If you're comfortable with those curses, it's fine. And they're not often. Like I, I let my our 11 year old uh, uh, watch it and he's fine. Okay. Um, so point being is that the plot is about this one, uh, this one kid that doesn't have a quirk, uh, and his his um, uh, his name is Izuku Midoriya, and uh, Midoriya, or eventually gets they, he has a nickname called Deku, and everybody just calls him Deku. Um, he basically aspires to be a hero, and then when he comes of age and realizes that wait, I don't have a, a superpower. He, he just relentlessly studies heroes and their strategies. And he's like, somehow I'm going to be part of this world. And then through a chance encounter, and this happens in like the first five episodes, um, he actually gets a superpower handed down to him. It turns out there's a superpower that can actually be handed down because most people are just born with it, kind of like X-Men style. Um, he gets the power, but the power is too strong for his body. So he spends most of the time trying to master the power of like how he can use this, this superpower that he's been given. And he trains and trains. He, he manages to get into the superhero school. And then it becomes kind of like Hogwarts adventure where like the kids are in school and they're learning and they're having competitions, but then stuff happens that disrupts the competitions or wherever it be. And they have to take on like real bad guys. Yeah. And it is just awesome to watch from like two big things I'll say. One, the actual uh, fight scenes are awesome because they're the, those classic Japanese uh, anime fight scenes where they're like thinking through the strategy as they're doing it. So they're like, oh, I can see he's attacking me with his like left hand. That means his right hand must be free right now. I can attack him from the right and then I'll get a better efficiency in my attack. And they get like super nerdy about attacking each other and they're constantly like, narrating the whole, t- the whole thing, but it works really well. Um, and then the second thing is that I will say about this show is that, dude, it is an amazing show as far as getting real lessons in empathy. All right. It's the one thing I absolutely love about the show. And it's the reason why I really love it and watching it and stuff. Uh, the main character is a very selfless person. And it, it's, it's a running joke that in the first season, he cries no less than like 20 times. Um, and it's cool to see like a main character 
that's a dude that is willing to cry. And most of the time he's crying is because he's crying. He's so thankful to the other person over what they've done for him. Or he's mm-hmm. like trying to understand what the other person's going through. And then it makes him really emotional. And, and, and if anything, he actually is a little bit too caught up in his emotions sometimes. Um, and, and can't like, like, get out of it. Um, but, uh, but it's cool because you see characters helping each other and really acknowledging each other, being self-reflective about their strengths and their weaknesses. Dude, the whole thing from a mental health perspective, if you look at it through that lens, the show is absolutely fascinating. So great show for kiddos to watch that has cool action, cool characters. For the grown-ups, there's some real like legit life lessons in there. So Absolutely. Like th- this definitely is in like my top five uh, of anything I did this year outside of like nerdy or not nerdy. I absolutely enjoyed it so much. <laughs> oh, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah. Right. Um, what's my third one? I- I'm going to go with something that we debated before started- we started recording. Um, I think it's a travel series. And I want I want to talk about it because it's it's been on my in my life for the last, I'm going to say, 11 years it's pretty much the uh, something that's been (laughs) a running theme um so what what i'm referring to is the the long way up uh which is part of a trilogies of um document uh, travel documentary series so it includes includes it involves um hewan mcgregor star wars uh hewan mcgregor and his friend charlie Bowman, who's also an actor obi-wan yep uh, and his friend Charlie Borman, who is a British actor, and Hugh McGregor being from Scotland. Uh, they met a long, long time ago on a film set. Um, actually, funny enough, the film was directed by Hugh, Mac- um, Hugh McGregor, by Charlie Borman's Bo- dad, who is a very famous movie director in the 70s. Um, so they met, and they became friends, and one of the passions they have in common is riding motorcycles. Um, so one of the things they obviously... A bit, a bit like us, they became friends, their wives are friends, and they have kids that are in the same age category. They both had, at the time of the first series, they both had two girls, or one girl for, for you, McGregor, but they, they both had kids, um, all girls, sort of the same age. Um, and they ended up going on holiday together uh, pretty much every single year or every two years. And during one of those holidays, they went, hey, maybe we should uh, kind of mix our two passions, going on holidays together and motorcycling so they would go on you know those weekends away and they they come back after two or three days being on the road and eventually they thought you know what let's um let's go and ride a motorcycle around the world let's make it longer than that and they looked um there's a famous thing in 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 the entire series where Hugh McGregor is looking at a map and he goes well if you go from a from London to New York you can go around the world without lifting your finger you can go through a bunch of countries and go you know the long way around so they, oh, the wow. first series was called The Long Way Around, where they drive from northern tip of Scotland all the way down to London. They go through Europe, Eastern yep. Europe, and then mostly between Russia, Mongolia, China. Did they go oh, through wow. China? No, actually just Russia. Um, and then eventually cross through Alaska, Canada, and they go make their way all the way around to New York. And so they actually crossed into, into, into Alaska. So they fly, they fly in from um somewhere like somewhere i can't remember the name in russia but they fly to anchorage in alaska oh, okay 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 yep and yep, then okay. They, they resume their their, their trip nice. so obviously there's no there's no other way to to go um yeah and then so the, that the thing it took them three months four months to complete and then they were always talking about oh man you know we need to do it again 
So they did it again for the long way down when they went from, again, northern Scotland all the way down to South Africa, I believe. Yep. Yeah, Cape Town, all the way down to Cape Town. Oh, nice. um, that's one is good also. They go through France, Italy, um, and all the sort of Eastern Africa coasts, um, Middle Africa, you know, Central Africa also. Um, oh, cool. it's, 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 it's got more of a safari vibe to it, which is really weird. You know, this year, this more oriented it towards animals and stuff like that. Um, so they always, they always said, oh, maybe, you know, we, we, now we've done long way around, done long way down. Let's do one day eventually long way up. And they recorded and went out filming last year in 2019 to do the long way up. And it got released this year um, on Apple TV, if you, if you, if, if you got access to that. Yep. Um, so long way up is literally the other way on the other continents they've not done. So they go from the, the, the tip of South, South America, which is in Argentina and Ushuaia. And they drive all the way up through Chile, through... Um, oh, Argentina cool. through Panama through so through Mexico and eventually they end up in LA. Um, but the reason why I'm talking about about the long way up is not because of you know it's and I'm trying to relate it to the the, the vibe of the of our podcast which is nerdy. Um, hey, it's, it's Obi Wan on a motorcycle. It's, it's, it's Obi Wan on a bicycle. It's Obi Wan on a bicycle. Number one, but number <laughs> yeah. two, I think yeah. I think the 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 thing that I was nerding out about what um, nerding about was um, how they went from South America all the way to North America on on electrical bikes, and how they've managed to find a solution on you know the, the biggest solution is how do we charge as we go along because obviously more electrical oh. electric electric vehicles don't go as far as um as regular you know petrol fueled uh-huh. um vehicles so this is like how do you get all the way from from Hushuaia to <laughs> to la and um so they came up with a solution with the company and then they got their, their motorbike um Oh, and for like, our American audience, uh, petrol means gasoline. Sorry, gas, gas for you guys. So I forgot to mention it's gas car. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's not gas, it's, it's petrol. Gasoline. It's actually, it's, it's actually, it's not gas. You put like, anyway, it's not the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they get their motorbikes designed by Harley, I think. Harley Davidson. Yeah, yeah. Harley Electrics is what I saw. Yeah. Harley Electrics. Yep. Uh, and then they've got also two cars, um, two pickup trucks, uh, which are prototype vehicles. So they're not, they're not actually production cars. And um, oh. they, they get those one, you know, also all the way up to LA. And it's pretty nice. impressive. Um, there's a lot of engineering going on in those, in, in those two motorbikes and those two, those two pickup trucks. Um, it's not as eventful is the word I'm looking for, eventful as the first two ones, because the first two ones, there's, especially the first one, the long way around, the first series, there's a lot of stuff going down because they were highly um, inexperienced in it. They didn't know what to, what they were getting themselves into. And it's a long, 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 long trip, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They got to Russia kind of unprepared, but <laughs> they made it. Um, this one, I think they were a lot more aware what's go- of what was going on and how to approach things and who to talk to and what who not to talk to and security yeah. reasons also going through Mexico. Um, going through parts of Colombia also with FARC and all that stuff. So it's, it's, yep. it's, it's quite, it's quite uh, scary to look at. Um, but yeah, so if you, again, if you, if you're into things that are a little bit out there, that are slightly different because I don't think anyone else has done that or on that scale. 
um, it's definitely a show. There's awesome chemistry between Hugh McGregor and, and Charlie Borman. I think they they they're their best friends for the last twenty something years, maybe longer than that. Um, it, you can tell that they really are a, a, a tight knit group. You know, there's a bunch of producers and directors that are also with them along the yeah. way, and camera and camera crew. And um, it's it's quite funny to see funny to see how they've themselves have changed from 12, 11 years ago when they did the first one to now when they're obviously older. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not sleeping outside anymore. I want a hotel room. You know, it's like it's the, the demand of their the, the needs and demands have, have evolved, and it's not it's not the same spirit, it's the same vibe from the first one. But it's, it's definitely interesting to look at in terms of technology that's being used and how they um, were definitely thinking outside the box on that one. Oh, cool, dude! I'm definitely gonna check this out. Like, it, it's it well one like actually in college i knew someone that did this like patagonia to alaska cycling Oof, yeah. um oh dude and that was brutal he told me the stories about it uh absolutely brutal um but uh also it reminds me of one of my favorite movies of all time actually called the motorcycle diaries oh yeah and it's yes. a, and, it, and it's about che guevara and he before he he joined the the revolution in in colombia sorry in uh, in cuba, cuba uh about him basically going on a motorcycle trip with a friend all through south america and dude it is just one of the best movies i've ever seen like <laughs> it's just such a feel good awesome road trip movie and this kind of reminds me of it so i'm, I'm definitely gonna check this out man Good there's, there's always there's always something cool to see um in those 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 i was gonna say road trip yeah road trip series or movies there's always that sense of adventure that is really awesome if it's well portrayed it's well put together it can really make you think you were traveling with them and that, it does yeah. feel sometimes like you're traveling along with them it's really cool, cool. uh all right so on to my next recommendation it is the mandalorian the surprise <laughs> so for all our diehard fans you will have already heard an entire episode <laughs> worth of the mandalorian if you have not, though, go check out our episode, The Mandalorian. It is our episode five. Uh, check it out. It's one of our best performing episodes. Uh, we talk a lot about our love for Mandalorian, and in particular, me trying to convince Tom that it's a good idea. Tom, is The Mandalorian a good idea? Oh, man, it's, it is a good idea. I've, I've just finished I've just finished season one, um, and you were right. One of your points was, oh, the first three apps were a bit slow, and you kind of wondering what's going on and you don't want, yeah. don't really know what's what's happening or you're not really seeing where it's going but then from episode four onwards it's just absolutely amazing episode six being my favorite i'm not going to spoil anything i'm getting into season two probably tonight i'll start uh, if not tomorrow nice. but yes uh, i'll be i'll be probably by the time we record our next episode i'll, I'll have co- all caught up with you nice well, to, for in, in the interest of time to try to hopefully we can land one of these episodes at an hour, um, we'll 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 move on. But uh, if you definitely want to hear more about the Mandalorian, it's one of my favorite shows of the year. Uh, definitely the best way I can put it. It's like it's the best way to get into Star Wars again. Like if you were like yes. put off by the last three movies, this is a great way to get back into it. Uh, so check it out. Okay. And I think on your on your on your on your document you put the Star Wars is fun again. I think that's yeah. absolutely, that's what it is. It is fun again. It's fun to watch. Yep. Right, my turn again. Um, I'm going to go with Black Spot, which is a f- Belgian slash French um, TV series on Netflix. Um, and this one... Sort I'm of dying to hear of, about this. 
this one sort of came out of nowhere for me. Um, there was there was a bit of of um, there's there's a short period for about a month where I went on a French speaking um, binge of watching anything that was French speaking on Netflix on done sorry not downloading, getting my hands on uh, films and stuff on the internet um, yeah. that was French. So anything French at the time French speaking was was something that was really big and into uh, I think it was the month of September right after I went on a holiday nice. so, <laughs> um, <laughs> so this one is, is is it's it's weird to explain um, because you you literally dropped into this village so you're following this guy who's a new um, uh, what's the word we use he's a new um, prosecutor who is inv- investigating a bunch of weird happenings in this remote village uh, in the middle of a forest very dark and huge forest that it's i believe meant to be in the middle of france kind of central the central part of france where there's a bunch of volcanoes and a lot of dark forests over over there Uh, and it's always raining and and humid and you know a bit like portland i think it's that sort of 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 vibe when it's like sounds about right (laughs) yeah it's about you guys (laughs) um (laughs) So you literally dropped in there. You're following this guy who's new into the job. He he used to obviously being a French series. He used to be a prosecutor in Paris. So he used to be working as a, um, you know, for the police over there. And he used to be this judge. And he, we don't know why, but he loses his job or he's uh, demoted and he has to go and um, investigate what was going on in that, in that village. Nobody else wants to go there. So being his because he gets demoted. You get to go. You choose. You won the big prize. Um, <laughs> so it, it starts with. It, I think it's there's only about a, f- a few. I think there's two seasons of it. There's about ten episodes per season. So it's not huge. It's not super long. Oh, um, cool. And you start oh. you start on something that is, um, you know, you you think it's like monsters and ghosts and stuff like that. But then it, it sort of move on to the Scandinavian mythology. Um, um, storyline where suddenly you you see stuff happening in the forest and the forest where there's actually the god of the forest or the god of the trees or whatever which is related to all this north um, you know north gods you know so yeah, if you yeah. watch if you play god of war there's there's definitely a couple mentions of gods about in god of war i also mentioned oh, in that show cool. in black spot um so you're following the guy. You're also following the the I say the sheriff, but yeah, she's sort of the sheriff of the town, and she she's got a lot of issues. She disappeared for a few days when she was a teenage girl, and she came back. She has no memory of what happened, or she's gonna very only a few flashes of what happened. Um, so she's trying to get her life. Well, she's trying to carry on with her life as a sheriff of the town, uh, having a teenage daughter who's also up to no good, and also trying to piece get the pieces of what happened to her. Um, as a 16, 17 year old or 18 year old, I think it's for her 18th birthday, she, she disappeared and trying to understand what happened to her. And that's how that's related to what's going on in town at the same time. Um, so it, it's, there's nothing, you know, it's no time travel or anything. It's literally um, pure, you know, gods and stuff like that. But one god in particular that is up to no good or easy. We don't know. Um, what else is there? I think I think it's it's plenty of like interesting characters. You could follow any one of any any one of them, um, but I think what stood out also is the vibe of the entire series. But then the way it's filmed, it's like the production value is absolutely outstanding for um, for a Netflix series. So I think just for that, the cinematography is absolutely beautiful. The shots they've have they've they've they managed to get out of the forest and, and the village or the town, absolutely banging. 
Yeah, and just from the 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 lighting of it and the look of it, it looks like it's like quasi horror. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, this looks really good. Is this originally like a BBC show, or is like a truly Netflix originally now? No, it's a Netflix Netflix original. Um, nice. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 funny because I know I know most of the actors that are on there from other French series, and it's, it's funny to see them in there dropping oh, really? that very serious. Um, it's not horror. It's not hundred percent horror. Yeah, it's not like body parts and stuff flying around and yeah. and yeah. guts. It's you don't really see that. It's like there's a couple of gruesome murders, but it's not. It, it's 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 and it's funny the way it's set up. Is like every single episode would have a different storyline. As in, you have got the murder. You know, like in those eighties and seventies, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, cops. Yeah, like, 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 a like you've got a murder. Yeah, you've got you got the one murder, and then it's you see how that's how it fits in within the entire um, um, storyline. Yeah. So you, you might get a bit of information from that murder that actually feeds into the main storylines of, you know, what the hell is going on in that town. Um, but yeah, if you've not watched it, absolutely go for it because that's that's something that um, yeah, <laughs> it'll freak you out at, at, at times where it's not. It, won't, it, it won't, looks it, like... It, it let like you go to some... sleep. It will let you go to sleep. You know, let you go to sleep, okay. It looks like it's got influences from American gods, or that am I getting that wrong? Like it's like like personifying like old gods. No, 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 no. Okay, no. Yeah, American gods is, is literally like, oh, this this is the god of whatever. That's the god of whatever. That's it. yeah. And it's like do you know the powers. This is more looking at um, trying to trying to understand what's going on, what's happening around the, the town and around the the, the forest. But people are extremely skeptical. You know, everybody is based in reality, but the reality is extraordinary, right? But they don't yeah. understand it yet. So it's it's not there's one god in it, and I think it's it's mentioned. But even people are um, trying to investigate that. They not really believe. They don't really believe it's a god. But anyway, ah. I'm not going to spoil it. Okay, yeah, that, don't spoil <laughs> it. No, no, it, it looks really good. Dude. Like I definitely want to yeah. check this out. Um, and with like um, this this type of show. Would you say kid friendly? Not kid friendly. No, 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 not kid friendly yeah. at all. Um, o- older teens, at best. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'd, I'd say like from 16, 15, 16, You could you could go for that. Um, yeah. It's got a it's got a, a, a loose X file vibe to it. You know. Ah, okay. But, I get that. Then. With okay. more with more um, slightly a more violent X files. Right. Ah. X files was a bit was was all about the extraordinary and and, and UFOs and sometimes. Yeah monsters but you would never see gruesome things so i think this one's got a bunch of bodies at, at, at times but yeah there's a lot of reference to death and and gruesome death so maybe yeah. not <laughs> those those good old uh, uh classic french horror movies mm. i don't know i haven't watched a lot of french horror movies so i'm just gonna go with that <laughs> i should actually um all right so uh in the interest of time uh, coming up to my last one, <laughs> uh, we will get this into an hour. Yes. Not. <laughs> oh, um, so my last one, and well, I know we weren't ranking. This is my favorite thing of the year. This is All like right. I, I could, I could talk about an hour for about the show, uh, Lovecraft Country on mm. HBO Max, which you've mentioned before. So good, yeah. I think uh, during our horror episode, I might have yes. brought it up, maybe. Yeah. So, uh, guys, definitely go check out our horror episode. It's an anthology of horror over the various decades. <laughs> um, just a little plug. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, Lovecraft Country. What did? What is it? 
it's even hard to describe what the show is. So it's, if anybody's familiar with H.P. Lovecraft, H.P. Lovecraft was kind of like the Stephen King of the 50s, right? He came up with a lot of like sci-fi, horror, short stories, novels, uh, and really like influence a lot of the horror we see today. Um, and because it, it was it was no longer based on uh, the werewolf and like the vampire and the Frankenstein monster. These were totally new monsters that he had come up with um, that were original to his work. He, he invented a new world effectively, right? And so people have taken inspiration from that for years and like, and like have done other things that like uh, Lovecraft, sorry, um, that H.P. Lovecraft inspired. Uh, so even like uh, that movie that bombed a couple of years back, um, uh, the one about the, the, the guy in Mars, John... Um, Carpenter and Mars, maybe something like that. Uh, but it's even inspired like big blockbusters and stuff like that. And uh, but what this show did, which is very interesting, because the show is actually executive produced by J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele of Get Out, Ooh, right? Yeah. And us. That's what, as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Ooh, that's an interesting combination of, of producers." So they're basically taking Lovecraft stories. And then setting them in a world where one of the key themes of the show is racism. And the reason why they did that is H.P. Lovecraft is a very talented author, but he was also an incredible racist. Yeah. He had yes. like full, full on uh, like uh, essays about how the, the, the white race was superior, like all these things, just like horrible stuff uh, that in the last decade or so has been surfaced more and more about him. So from my understanding the, the the idea is actually then how do you take his own racism and flip yeah. it on itself right so it's like how do you take the ideas that he gave us and actually set it in a world where actually the whole point is to liberate characters from the racist systems we have and i just thought that was fascinating now the great part is that it's still good nerdy fun at the end of the day yeah uh, because it's about this character uh, that finds out that he comes from a legacy of people that have like a special ability because it, it's it's definitely one that can be easily spoiled so I won't say too much. He comes from a legacy of people that can do something very special and there's like this like cult that's trying to get a hold of him to like go through this ritual for something to happen and 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 that takes off the plot right. Uh, the show actually plays like a little bit like an anthology in some ways uh, with like a plot that keeps it hanging together, but you could watch one of those episodes, thoroughly enjoy it. And maybe there's a couple of things in the, in, within it that relate to the bigger plot that you might not understand, but you would still enjoy the episode because each one just plays out as its own like mini movie, which is awesome. And like, and so the characters go on this adventure and stuff happens to them and they have to go find, and the usual, there's a MacGuffin, there's like a thing they have to go find to do the other thing, to get yep. to the ritual, to get to the person, to meet the big bad guy. That's yep. all straightforward. Um, yep. But how they get there, like there's one episode that it's, that is probably the best Indiana Jones movie that's come out in the last decade. <laughs> Like that one episode, it plays just like an Indiana Jones movie. And it is so fun to watch. Like I could easily go rewatch it today. It's so much fun to watch that episode. Um, but the, the two that really stand out is there's one episode that is just what makes to me made this series absolutely amazing because they took one of the supporting characters. She's basically one of the main characters, Ants. 
And she was kind of along for the ride. Like she has a stake in the game and that something happened to something close to her, to someone close to her. So she needs to be along for the ride, but you really don't pay much attention to her. She's like a good supporting character. You're like, ah, oh, she's fine. And then this one episode, she just takes it over and she goes back in time, like actually not back in time. She travels through time, whether it be backwards or forwards. And her mechanism of jumping from one time, because she has control of how she can yeah. jump from one times times uh, one timeline to the other, or one time period to the to the other, is she has to say the name of who she wants to be. So she says the name of who she wants to be, and then she shows up at that time period. Oh, right? okay. And then she and then she spends apparently like like years and decades just traveling through time for the rest of the characters. It just goes by in a few minutes. Uh, and she comes back with all this amazing knowledge. And dude, the show is just so well done. Like so, so well done. It's like, cause it gives you a lot of like nerdy time travel stuff, but same time, like the, like seeing her character develop over that show into a person of those supporting to like a person of like, like big knowledge that has a big influence for the other characters after, afterwards is just so good. So, so good. So <laughs> absolutely love it. Um, and um, the second one, there's one that will creep you out. That's a straight horror movie. And really it looks like where uh, Jordan Peele, I'm sure had a big influence on that show, on that, on that one episode, because it kind of feels like where Us left off. Uh, oh, you know God. how like yeah. <laughs> Us us is super creepy in the first half and then the second half just gets super weird. Yes. Um, it takes the creepiness of the first half and just makes it into a show. Oh, and, and, and 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 oh, like I guarantee you that once we have Halloween again, people will be dressing up like two little girls that showed oh. that in that episode that are just so creepy, dude, so creepy. And they're I guarantee you people will be dressed up like them. Oh, so ever, yes, ever since this, The Shining, I, I can't look at two little girls dressed as whatever, just hanging around. It's just no. There's always something yeah. creepy about two little girls. <laughs> oh yeah. And then the, the last one I'll say like um, is that there, it's just I, all the episodes are so good. There's one episode that plays out kind of like the reverse of Speed. You remember Speed, the movie, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, where he can't go under whatever, 80 miles an hour, whatever it may be. Well, here, the main characters are traveling through the country um, and uh, they get stopped by the police. And this is the very racist South. And yeah. so the policeman tell him like, we've got sundown laws here, which basically means that as a black person, you could not be out and about in the county after sundown or else it was basically like, like open season, like free game, yeah. they, could, they could hunt you down. So then they go like, well, we're just traveling through the county, we'll be out of your way. And then the cop says, well, sundown is exactly at X time. I think it's like 6.15. And uh, you've got to stay under the speed limit or else I'm gonna pull you over and throw you in jail. And the speed limit is 25 and you've got exactly 25 minutes to make it to the county, county line. <sighs> Dude, it is some of the best TV I've ever watched. It's like the tension where the guy cannot drive over like 25 miles an hour. It's like something stupid like that. He has to go super slow, but they're desperately trying to time it to cross that one line right before the sun officially goes down. And the cop is like basically like trailing them the whole time. Dude, the best tense, like the best tension I've seen on TV all year long. That's like, like some Hitchcock, Hitchcock, um, oh. you know, yeah. inspired episode. Ooh. 
Totally. And that one, nothing supernatural, but it just, it is super good TV. So absolutely go watch. Even just catch a couple of episodes, super fun to watch. Uh, definitely sounds like, actually, no, there is a second season has been greenlit. Um, personally, I would actually have been happy with just the first season. It's like, it's like Watchmen. It's just one season and I would have been super happy, but I'm glad they're doing it again. It is super good. Yeah. It's like some of the best like camera work for a a TV series I've seen in a long time. Interesting characters, like, and and the main characters from this show, look out for them. They're going to be everywhere. They're just super good actors. Uh, I Um, I think on a, on a side note, because you mentioned at the start days on HBO max in the U S obviously we don't have it in the UK. Um, HBO is not uh, well, there's there's no rumors there's nothing that said that or that um, uh, hints at HBO HBO Max becoming a thing in the UK but I think they have a deal HBO's got a deal with Sky so um, and I just looked it up so Lovecraft Country is on Sky Atlantic um, so oh, cool. for people in the US Sky Atlantic is um, literally a direct feed from HBO and um, US only US based only channels um, directly into the UK, so that's their way in. So yeah, if you want to catch that, Sky Atlantic or HBO Max if you're in the US. Awesome. Uh, um, definitely geared towards the adult crowd. Uh, yeah. I think there's some episodes that the kids would enjoy, like that Indiana Jones one is like perfectly fun, nice, like action, like fun. Yeah. Um, but there's other ones that have like like they're 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 a bit they they explore some adult themes there that probably aren't quite right for the kids. So like not yet. all episodes are for kids. All right. Not all of them. Yes. All right. So let me go on with my last pick. Um, this one's a bit of a weird one because obviously we we when we did prep for the episode we we had a bunch of them. We went all you know to be to be honest we went all both of us went up to ten nine ten uh, picks for the and then we thought for the interest of. And for the sanity of the listeners, we let's go back to down to five, and mention a couple. But the, this one, the last one I've got on my list, is is a bit odd. Um, and I'm glad you left it. You left it for last. I'm super interested I'm, in this. I'm for what. So the, my last pick is Tenet, uh, the Christopher Nolan movie that got released in the cinema, uh, and it's now coming out online. Uh, I think it's going to be on Amazon to purchase or rent. Not on Netflix just yet, but it will be. I don't know if it will ever be because I don't think any Christopher Nolan movies made it to Netflix. Um, so no. Tenet is Tenet is a bit uh. weird because it's it's, <laughs> and this is why it's weird because it, it's very hard to explain. Because it's or just you, flat out weird. <laughs> because it's it's not weird, but it's it it is a time it it is a movie about time travel, but the way it's done, and the way, um you progress through the movie it's very confusing and it's and the reason why it's on my list is because well, it's, it's a christopher nolan film right so the guy you can't every single well most of his movies are magical and are great um and that one i think i need more watch i need i need to watch it a few more times to really fully get it um i actually did go online on youtube and and um watch a bunch of videos to get somebody to explain to me what was going on um the issue with the film um th- let's get that out of the way first was um the sound sound design um christopher nolan's films are always famous for having terrible to bad sounds you know you, you if you watch batman um oh yeah uh, i think it was the dark knight i can't remember the one with um 
with Bane. Uh, what's his face with Bane? Yes. You can't understand what Tom Hardy's uh, on a good day. You can't understand what Tom Hardy's saying. And with yeah. Bane, it was so, <laughs> so much more Bane, complicated. Bane, the, the original release, you couldn't understand a single word. Like you could say, like you could hear him muffle and you could make out a couple words out of it. They did re-release it with a clean audio of, of Bane and you, you can understand what he's saying. So that's, that's fine. But there are times where in, in Batman, you'd be like, what? but the yes. plot made sense. The plot is fairly straightforward with Batman. You know, it's like, he's got a guy to go and catch and capture and kill or whatever. Um, you know, to Joker, Bane, cool. But with Tenet, it's, it's, a, it's a very convoluted storyline. The plot is absolutely mad. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the fact that you're trying to understand what's going on, coupled with a bad audio mix maybe or just this yeah it's a bad audio mix it doesn't yeah. help with trying to understand where, where it's going so you basically going f- like you're in that scene they're talking about something you're like wait but what and then they take you into the next action scene when it's like wait why are they doing this and then they go back to the other place when they go ah oh, shit now it's the same thing in reverse viewed from another angle because obviously being time travel Again, the plot is is so hard to explain. Um, it's <laughs> I can't even I can't even start to. Like, Wait, are there are there any are there any cats eating tacos in there? No. There okay. should be. Right. So <laughs> there is because my understanding is that there's something to do with the name of the movie being a palindrome. So yes. you spell it either way you spell it, it's the same tenet backwards and forwards, and that has something to do with how you understand the movie. Because the yes. is like Aiden has like a we have like a, a game at home we play called Exploding Kittens. Yeah, one of the kittens Greatest in there has is yeah, it's Taco Cat, which is Taco a palindrome. Cat. So I'm like, I wonder if like Nolan got super meta and put like a cat eating tacos. That'd be super cool. So I'll, I'll I'll put it up on the YouTube video of, of the of the podcast. Um, uh, the the picture you're referring to, referring to is the tenet, which is the, the word in the middle. You can yeah. read it backwards and forwards. You yeah. get the same words. But then the rest is I think is sato and rato. So it's like some weird words. Um, oh, yeah, it's it's, it's it's just odd. Um, it's very hard to explain. Basically, it's somebody creates a machine that can reverse. Uh, the flow of time on objects or people uh and then obviously nolan's build a movie around that uh yeah it's 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 a it's just it's just too hard to explain like i need to watch it again and again and i think the more i watch it the more i'll understand or things that you've probably not picked up on the first watch might make sense in the second watch and the yeah. third watch it's a bit like a, a bit like interstellar when you're like you don't necessarily yes. pick things up on the first watch um so that's why my yeah, mind I'm, yeah, yeah. My, my mind is not really made up 100 about the film i i liked it but i need to watch it again a with subtitles for the next watch and b now i know the ending i know what's going on I th- i'm sure i'll be like okay damn that makes sense now that's really cool now the action scenes in it and then the special effects are just amazing it's like it's 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 the, the things they have to film backwards going backwards and trying to get it to fit in the action that's going forward and the other way around is just mind-blowing actually just trying to explain it <laughs> just trying to explain it is hard so imagine trying to film this yeah. how hard it must have been and plan for it and 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 um the other great thing about it is um is um what's his face patterson is in there the future batman um and he's probably the best thing in the entire movie like his character is cool 
um and i think i think he he deserves more screen time in that but he then you know to saying that i think he's going to be a great batman um oh god yeah yeah. yeah, just just that scene where he's like beating the pulp out of that guy in the trailer. I'm <laughs> like, trailer. oh yeah, he's gonna yes. be a good Batman for sure. I'm revenge. Um, oh yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, but, I feel like so, lately, yeah, everything he's in, he's like the star. Even when he's not the star, he's just upped his game so much. It's crazy. Yeah, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. I think I think people are leaking him to the Twilight series, and Twilight was just I watched it. It's just a, 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 a train train wreck. But he's oh, yeah. a good actor. It doesn't mean if you're in a bad bunch of movies, it doesn't mean you're a bad actor. It just means you know that everything around it was bad. Your script was bad. Or the directing was bad. Whatever. But he's he's turning around. He's now like every time I watch something with him, it's just he, he he's really really good at it. Um, so yeah, you you might be thinking, why did you why did you put freaking Tenet in my list? Well, it's just it's a Christopher Nolan movie, right? Yeah. Um, it deserves more than one more than one watch. It deserves to be anal- analyzed again. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, there's always meanings and meanings of meanings and stuff that is hidden in, in plain sight in those in those films. And I, I, the reason why I put it in there is because I was um, waiting on the new Interstellar type of film, and I think this is in the s- same vein slightly, as in you need to watch it more than once. So I think that's my, the main the main takeaway here. Um, I don't think it's as bad as people. <laughs> think it is it just needs more like if you're gonna go in there and just gonna be, be watching it once you'll be like oh cool nothing um great if you approaching it the same way i'm approaching it which is like it, it will deserve more viewings then you'll you'll enjoy it and it's it's yeah. nolan again it's nolan you can't go wrong with nolan most of the time <laughs> so as we're saying it's like we're talking to the deep nerds here yes Yes, this is like you, you got to feel your your innermost nerdiness bubbling up to want to watch this movie because you need to analyze it and go see yeah. videos about it. But I, I, honestly, like as much as like we make fun of that is like there is something kind of every once in a while I'm in the mood for that. Sometimes I yes. just want to watch something, and enjoy it. But every once in a while I'm like, wait, I want something that actually I struggle to understand to just to, to just go through the, the the deeply nerdy process of like reading different people's opinions of it and yes. how people have analyzed like even like the minutia in the movie because whereas sometimes it, it doesn't pay off you're like all right you're analyzing for the sake of analyze like sometimes yes. i find that and coming back to like star wars fandom uh in like the main movie sometimes you get a little bit of that we're like over analyzing just like mm-hmm. like small details that don't matter but in nolan movies the small details do matter, right? It's like we were yeah. talking about it in like, I think in, in, um, in a previous uh, episode. Yeah, like even Interstellar. Uh, I remember watching it going like, oh, that's cool. But then the second and third time I watched it is when it really blew my mind where I was like, because one, I had one subtitles that always helps with a Nolan movie having subtitles. Yeah. Um, and second, like I'd, I'd heard a podcaster reframe it for me in a very particular way. And I think the same thing happened to me. That's why this movie makes me think of The Matrix 2. Mm. Um, when it came out, everyone's like, so what was that? Yes. And everybody hated it, right? And only later did like, a lot of people still hate it. Um, only later did some people come back and go like, no, no, that actually is a really good movie. In that like the action scenes in The Matrix 2 are legit. Like they're yeah. like for, the, for that time, those were amazing action scenes. And it's, it's funny you meant to- mentioned the matrix because that um only recently I've, i stumbled across this youtube channel where the guy was explaining um 
the the roles of different characters within the the entire three movies yeah. characters that you might not think are important but actually are extremely important it might be the ones that are putting the strings and everything that they, they might their, their involvement into everything is yeah. probably a lot deeper and more important than you really think um and i think that it's good sometimes to have those movies when you're like huh what the hell and that's what ted it is like your re- your initial reaction will be what was that and then you watch again and then you have to like you said you have to be in the mood to go on youtube search for those yeah. videos trying to explain all the easter eggs all the little things you've missed on and then go back and watch the movie again and i yep. think that's where that's why i like this uh, that's why i love tenet because that, it literally made me go on youtube and go okay what was that about well i didn't get that um and i love sometimes to go through those films i love to not having my hand holds you know like held and 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 you know there's nothing there's nothing worse to me than a movie when somebody goes you know oh so now we're gonna go and take a plane to Germany and we're gonna try to break into this bank whilst the action is going on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, if we manage to steal that bank from that bank, we're gonna get very rich and be able to kill half the world population. Ah. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And you're like, okay, cool. But I didn't need you to explain to me. So the tenet is like that, right. that you need to do your own research yeah. and you well not research because it sounds like conspiracy theory shit but you know you need to make your own you need to go do the take the, you know the extra mile take the extra extra step and and look into what uh, he was trying to say and what he was what the meaning behind one scene and, and behind the sentence and behind the word and behind the music that is being used i think that's what i've put him on yeah. my list yeah his scores are always super impressive so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to underscore oh yeah when when, when um things are happening in reverse the music's in reverse and then really? sometimes you've got action going on that um both worlds are colliding so you've got the things that are happening forward then the thing that's happening backwards and the shots when the music's happening forward the music goes forward and then it goes like it messes up with your brain because like the music goes na 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 and then it goes boop, boop. you know it's like it's like this yeah. it's really weird to listen to but it's awesome all right cool nice uh, yes, so I will be looking. I think it's now on on, on Blu-ray DVD. So yes. um, we will go about figuring a way of, of uh, acquiring it uh, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yes, sure, <laughs> sure. All right. So uh, now uh, coming to the end of the episode, we're going to do our quick hits of just like a bunch of other stuff that didn't quite make the top five list, but we definitely want you guys to know about. We won't spend too much time on them. So for my quick kick recommendations, uh, I want to actually touch on some movies. Uh, so it wasn't a strong year for movies, I felt, uh, but there's three that I definitely want to touch on. Uh, the first one is called The Vast of Night. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. And think of it as like a long Twilight Zone episode. Um, cool. A lot of tension, not a lot of like seeing the bad or the monster, but they built up really cool tension. But this is the interesting premise. It's like the sound design is fascinating. It basically, the movie is recorded like it's a podcast mm-hmm. um, with visuals is the best we can put it. Uh, once you see it, you'll get it. There's a lot of like uh, people are involved in radio and that's how they're communicating. There's a lot of phone calls and, you know, like in a, in a, in a podcast drama, that's how you find out what's going on because there's no like action necessarily. Uh, that's how this goes. Super good. Very inventive. Like also like sh- uh, uh, the way that shot to match. It feels like they, they created the sound design and then shot the movie is the way I'm, I'm, I feel like it went. So definitely watch, check it out. Uh, second is a, a little more like, uh, probably most people have seen this if they have kids, uh, Onward. 
Uh, well, not considered one of the best like Pixar movies. I gotta be honest, I super enjoyed this. Uh, ain't gonna lie, I cried at the end. Uh, it's I, I love the fact that it's bit that it draws from D and D and hence saying, hey, we're getting like a little nerdy representation happening in Pixar. Yeah. Um, uh, but also, I really love the fact that like the person that ends up being the hero is pretty much a nerd. Right. And, yep. and he, and he ends up helping by sticking to his nerdiness. Like he, he has this, all this pressure from people going like, let go of that stupid game. You like to play, let go of these like dumb fantasy ideas. And at the end of the day, him like owning who he is ends up being one of the key things in the movie. And I absolutely love that. Um, that's Pixar. The, so that's, that would be on Disney plus, right? Disney plus. Yes. And then uh, the invisible man, um is hey. the other one uh well I, I, it's not i wouldn't call this a great movie i think that it's really interesting what it's trying to do uh it's reinventing like ip that we're all very familiar with this this yes. basically what universal is doing is they're bringing back the universal monsters so uh the universal monsters are dracula the wolf man um uh, the Invisible Man, the, the the Creature from the Black Lagoon, all those things. Um, and so this is kind of the first of like relaunching this universe, but making it socially relevant. So it's kind of like Black Mirror meets the Universal Monsters. Yes. And just, just the idea of them trying to do that to me is fascinating because the Invisible Man isn't actually an invisible magic man. It's like he makes himself invisible through technology, right? And there's no spoiler there. Like we find that out early in the movie. Um, but then how the movie plays out with the theme of spousal abuse. Yeah. That's what I thought, like, at least there's some things that they dropped for sure in the movie, but the fact that they were shooting for that, like talking about like social justice, as well as like nerdy stuff, I thought was like really interesting. Uh, apparently they're going to spin off a bunch of other movies, not spin off, but create a lot of other movies around those monsters and like thinking of like, how do you reinvent the Wolfman? for this day and age how do you reinvent frankenstein right so already there's some big directors attached to the projects coming up from universal so i'm excited to see where this whole series goes uh that'll be really cool and then i got two more one graphic novel uh the old guard uh you can either watch the movie or on netflix uh or uh check out the graphic novel uh they're both absolutely excellent um it deals with it's like it's a superhero movie, but with like a different take on superheroes that are immortal, like what immortality actually means. And it kind of means like they get bored after a while. They're like, they don't yeah. want to do yeah. this anymore sort of thing. And then they look back at like their lives and what's shaped them and how they've been there. The only thing you can hope for is to better the world as a whole when you're immortal, because you can see things ha carry out across entire centuries. Uh, so I thought just thought the, 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 the way that they position immortality as something that's more of a burden rather than a blessing to them yep. is super interesting. Uh, and then last, but certainly, oh, actually, I, like, I got a few more. Um, the next <laughs> one is uh, Bojack Horseman. Uh, what's, it's, it's a cartoon on Netflix, not for kids, nope. uh, definitely geared for adults, but it is the best thing I've ever watched that deals with trauma and depression like just what the, how trauma lingers with you and leads you to do other things. And then eventually leads you into depression or whether it be like other, other, other similar tendencies that disrupt your mental health. It just deals with it in a super interesting way. I think it's just a great show. Uh, it has great lessons in there. Super good, but at the same time, hilarious, like absolutely hysterical show. 
Um, and then I'll fire through the last ones. Uh, the, the Good Place, the series, absolutely loved it. Um, I, it does have nerdy overlap with like afterworld sort of conversations. Uh, there's a graphic novel called Gideon Falls. Um, check it out. It will for sure be a series in a few years. I'm okay. convinced of it. It's one of the, it's the best horrors, uh, the best horror novel I read this year. That's like flat out horror, uh, at no times with Marvel or DC. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then there's one last graphic novel called Black Hammer. Uh, once again, it takes the superhero ideas and like flips them around and makes them more about family rather than superheroes, but they just all happen to have superhero abilities. Uh, written by Jeff, Jeff Lemire, one of my favorite graphic novel art, um, uh, uh, writers, and it is just absolute joy to watch, to, to read. It's got like emotional moments, it's got like decent action, but also just like the, the design and like illustration of it is super cool. And that's all I got, man. I'm, I'm out. Woo! <laughs> got there <laughs> all right cool um i've got i've got a couple mentions as well um i think the first one i'm, I'm gonna go video games related first with um, spider-man miles morales which was uh um a short story short um, follow-up to the, the original spider-man original the late la the last spider-man video game on ps4 um you're now playing in the role of miles morales so obviously that involves uh they say it's the same thing than Spider-Man, but it's just it's just so much cooler. I think the character's got more um, more charisma and, and a lot more to say. <laughs> um, so I think that one, if if you've got a PlayStation Five, go and pick it up. That's really cool. If you can get it cheaper than the uh, the actual price, if it's less than sixty dollars for you guys and uh, fifty pounds for us in the UK, then absolutely go for it. Um, I wouldn't pay full price because it's not a full game. Um, they still recommend that. <laughs> Not a full game because it's not finished. It's that, like it's not it's not a full length game. You know, it's not like uh, 30, 40 hours. It's it, you'll be done in less than ten. Um, yeah. Then for actually, I'm going to stay in the video games. I didn't put it on my list, but I'm going to say in the top ten in the best in the things to mention the PlayStation Five or the Xbox um, Series yes. X. If you can get your hands on a new, new of generation course. of consoles absolutely part of the best thing that happened this year so um if you've managed like me to get one on launch date then awesome good for you if you've not managed to get yourself any of the two consoles then um just wait you'll 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 get your hands on one you'll wait for january you'll be you'll, and, be, and there. You'll, you'll, be you'll be listing yours on ebay for one million dollars yeah <laughs> i could have but i've not because i'm not a a-hole <laughs> so <laughs> Um, I'm going to bring it back to, I think it's my last recommendation because I think we need to wrap this up. But um, my last recommendation would be um, Into the Night, which is a Belgian. I don't know what's with Belgium this, in this podcast, but again, it's a TV series on Netflix made in Belgium. Um, and it follows this group of people that actually have no connections to each other. Uh, they get on a plane and then realize that as the sun um, sets, Around the world, the sun ends up killing everybody that is in contact with sunlight. You know, well, actually, no, daylight. Um, what? So they have to stay on the plane and fly around the world, making sure they stay in the shade. <laughs> they have to avoid daylight. Um, so obviously, being on a plane, you get, you you come up come across issues with well, you're going to run out of um, plane fuel, and where do you land? How do you land? Can anyone land? 
uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's a mix of it's a mix of um, science fiction because of obviously what happened, what how do people die with daylights? What was happening? We never know. Um, it's it's mixed in with a bunch of uh, paranoia because of the characters don't absolutely don't know each other. So there's themes of racism. There's themes of a uh, lot of things in there. Um, obviously, it's sexual themes because of people are judging each other on face value. Um, and then I think the the other good point is that it's super short. It's only six six episodes long, so you get to the point fairly quickly. Um, some it's also very um, uh, uneven in terms of qualities. One like the episodes are really good, are really good, and then there's one episode that is like meh, but that's about it. Out of six, it's fine. <laughs> you'll you'll get you'll get some fun out of that one. Um, I think that's it. I think I'm done with mine. Dude, that's something that I absolutely love that I feel we need to do more of in the like US shows. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be 10 episodes. Like it, it's, it's one of my huge annoyances. I love that's why it shows out of the BBC and like out of like a lot of yes. like, Euro- European productions is that it's tight, it's to the point. It's like, you get like five, six episodes really well done, like Utopia, right? Mm-hmm. Utopia was such a good series. Uh, I heard the remake's not very good. No. Um, but uh but it You've was a sh- tight series sherlock holmes sherlock holmes on the bbc that yeah. um, featured um benedict cumberbatch that's how he got famous yeah. um yeah there's that, that, and the, that the those top, are like the... also yeah they're also like five or six episodes long per series and not even less than that i think like five episodes yeah. amazing T- tom hardy has a good series called uh taboo uh on the bbc mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that same it's only about six seven episodes super tight and i'm like so anyways love that recommendation i'm definitely gonna check that out unlike us it's not short <laughs> it doesn't go to the point <laughs> and on that note we should write the, the episode <laughs> thank you tom for that for for reminding us that we do need to stop at some point um yeah so that's been our 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 2020 recommendations go enjoy check them out uh we will be dropping them in uh dropping all the lists in the show notes so you can just like Mm -hmm. check out the show notes and check out what we're into um uh, so please rate review subscribe across what platforms tom everywhere so we on podbeans we on apple podcasts we on amazon podcasts we on youtube we on twitter we on instagram we on facebook i think that's it we're taking over the world all right people (laughs) one subscriber at a time literally one at a time literally that's right on facebook uh all right dude this is fun man uh we should do it again next year we shall and we will cool thank you very much for listening please subscribe as jc said (laughs) and and looks i mean last few days of 2020 we all 2021 will be way better yay yes